So guys, we know this is uh, two parashot this, this week, uh, and a lot of people at home, and we have uh, two portions, Matot Vemasae, and uh, all the commentary, uh, whatever it is, Kabbalah or simple lectures, you know, they all talk about one thing, that uh, whatever we read something, it's a corresponding to something above. So the Torah is not just come here to tell a story. It's a code. Everything that we are looking at, it's, it's a code. Once we break the code, once we understand, then things become easier because it's no longer about the story. It's no longer about, uh, you know, Adam is hiding from, from God or Matot uh, or Mas'eh. There is meaning to everything. Uh, the Zohar, and specifically Rabbi Isaac Luria in this week's parasha, is giving us a meaning for that. And that's what we're doing here. The purpose is eventually that more people will be more aware of why we're reading what we're reading. Otherwise, you know, the different people ask me what's the difference between uh, religion and spirituality. Religion, God exists in one place. Spirituality, God is everywhere. It's not just in one place, right? I mean, it's, it's everywhere, wherever you go. Whenever you're going down and you're doing terrible, God is there. When you're doing growth, God is there. Meaning God say, I didn't change. You change, but I didn't change. So sometimes when people feel they did well, they're right. When people feel they did terrible, they're right. Some people feel they have a good day, they're right. Some people feel they have a bad day, they're right. Whatever you feel, you're right. It, it doesn't really matter what you feel, it's the same. Because from, from God's point of view, really, it doesn't matter. For that reason, you know, most synagogue, you know, when you look at synagogue, say, Shiviti Hashem Nenigdi Tamid. I put God in front of me all the time. But Shiviti is also the word Shaveh. Shaveh means equal. It's equal to me. And the Baal Shem Tov say, if there is something you want to work on, work on the idea that Hashem is Shaveh, that Hashem is equal. Whatever you have an argument with your husband, your wife, whatever you have a peaceful, wonderful time, it's Shaveh. You experience it differently. And the same thing, if we talk about Matot Maseh, before even we start getting into it, is to understand that in the portion, sometimes we read about Bilam Balak, sometimes we read a nice parasha, it's much easier, it's cool parasha, it's Noach, building the ark, some elephant going on, giraffe, we're counting who's in, who's out. It's the same. It's just we experiencing different. Now, what is that experience? What can we call it? What is the Kabbalist, what is the name the Kabbalist given? The Kabbalist is given a name in Hebrew, it's called Kelim. Kelim, if we translate it into uh, English, it will be vessels or vehicle. Meaning the light of God is the same. How we experience life is through the Kli that you have. If your Kli is a Kli Gadol, if your Kli is a big vessel, you're going to have a lot. If your Kli is Kli Katan, you're going to have very little. If your Kli, if your vessel is very dirty, Dirty wine will be there. If the clean is very clean, you clean well for Passover, the wine will be test very good. So truly, the fulfillment you have in your life is actually the same. It's really never changed. What type of clay, what type of vessel you have. And um, I was talking to a wonderful lady from London uh, on Friday, and she asked me a very good question. I think a great question, and I'm very happy that she asked me that. And uh, I told her that she has to think a little bit bigger. She has to think a little bit bigger. And she asked me a very great question. Why? <laughs> Why should I think bigger? Why should I think more money? 
Why should I think to be more happy? Why should I think more vacation? Why should I think more fun? Well, why? Why? Just tell me why. I said, first, it's a great question. That's very good that you ask. And it's very good that you don't know the answer for such a thing. And my answer was, maybe it can be useful for everybody, is that the creator wants to share with you. The creator wants to give you everything. Everything you dream about, okay, 10 times more is what the creator wants to give you every day. So just make a list of whatever you want. Double it. Triple. 10 times. That's what the creator want to give you. So let's say right now in the lottery is 400 million. Everybody pass it by the sign. Maybe today. Maybe today. <laughs> you know, 400 million. So if you think about 400 million, 10 times will be, I don't know, the number 4 billion. Is it called 4 billion? It will be 4 billion that the creator. Do you have a vessel for it? Do, do you have a clay? Do you have... What are you going to do with it? Because I don't know what to do with 4 billion. I have no clue. I'm not Chacham in this. Uh, I do. Good for you. I have no idea what to do with 4 What do you do with 4 billion? So when, when, before you ask, you have to ask yourself one question. Am I capable? Do I have it in me even to accept and receive it? Because the Creator want to give you. The Creator want to serve you. The point is when you ask for big, now back to the lady in London, when you ask for more, it's because you want to give pleasure to the Creator. It's called in Hebrew, la'asot nachat ruach meaning to give pleasure to our Maker. So our Maker want to give you, and by you receiving, you give a pleasure to the Creator. What happened in the parashat Matot Maseh? Matot Maseh is two parashot. It's in the end of the book of Bamidbar. We know that the first four books of Moses written by God, that's why it's called Yud Kevavke. And it's called Yud Kevavke because the first mm -hmm. book, Yud Kevavke. So what is the last book? The last book is Varim. It summarized, Moshe Rabbeinu summarized the other, the other four books. So that's why it's related to Moshe Rabbeinu. The last book related to Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm not talking about physical writing because the physical writing, if you wish, it's happened by God in heaven before the universe was created. So the Torah was the blueprint mm -hmm. of creation. So it was written before the creation of this physical universe. Should read in the Midrash. So Matot and Maseh, one section dealing with Matot, dealing with Matot, El Rashiach Matot, meaning the head of the tribe and different story like this. Talk about Nedarim, vows. Those of don't, don't know what Nedarim. Nedarim is when you promise to do something and you don't do it. It's considered one of the worst sin a human being can do, and that's why the first thing you start with the Rosh Hashanah, you do something called Atarat Nedarim, canceling of the vow, canceling of the Shvua and the Nedarim. Unfortunately, many people don't take nether seriously. Sometimes you get stuck in a synagogue. You go in there, the person, the rabbi, give you aliyah. Say, come here, Yosef, come here. You want this aliyah? Yes. And you get the aliyah. And then the rabbi put you in the jacket and say, excuse me, uh, how much money you want to give? You think to yourself, uh, I didn't know there is a deal like that. Maybe I don't want the aliyah. But you already received that, so you got to say some numbers. And the crowd looking at you because the last guy said $1,000. And you have $26 in your account. What are you going to do now? So if you say $26, well, you may say it, but it's a nether. You just make a vow. And if you make a nether, it's a problem. You have to keep it. One of the traditions is usually you change the watch from this side to this side, or you're opening one button. You have to remind yourself. You cannot forget the nether. Nether is something that you have to do right away. So netherim is, this is the parashat matot, all about nether. Unfortunately, many people promise things and they don't do them. Even if you tell your friend, I will be 
on Fifth Avenue and 75, you gotta be there. Now, why, why, what is the nether thing? Nether is Nun and Dar. Dar, in Hebrew, it's like Dira. Those of you in real estate mean uh, apartment. Efotadar, in Hebrew, in the nice Hebrew, you say, where are you living? Efotagar, but the real Hebrew would be Dar. Efotadar, where do you live? And so Dar meaning that you make a promise, you will be there. That's been your spirit, your soul went there to 75 and 5th Avenue, but your body stay in Brooklyn. We got a problem, we got a space. And that space that you created bring negativity into your life. You don't want to promise things you can't deliver. Actually, it's better not to promise a thing. Or at least write down in your text as well, because some people ask me, is it only when I speak? Also in your text, put BN, Blinader, or put Blinader in Hebrew if you know how to write Hebrew. Please do not promise. It causes you a lot of harm. That's why Yom Kippur, what do you do? Kol Nidre. What do you do? Kol Nidre. Again, another time. The Nedarim is the way you come to God. Why you come to God with that on Rosh Hashanah? Why, why? Kol Nidre, you come in the front of Hashem like that. Because you want to bring all of you in front of Hashem. You have many pieces. You promise to somebody to be in Amsterdam next year. Piece of you is in Amsterdam. I will go, I, I'm going to Morocco. You piece of you is in Morocco. I, I'm going to be in Miami next week. Eh, the flight was canceled. Part of you is in Miami. So when you come in front of God on Rosh Hashanah, you bring all the pieces. Come, come, come with me. We're all going to pray together to Hashem. So that's Matot. Maseh is a parasha that talk about Masaot Bnei Israel, 42 in numbers. My son arranged for you something very mystical and very powerful. And I will explain it in a second. And this is 42 Masaot, 42 Masaot, 42 journey that Bnei Israel has to go. Why does it have to be Davka, uh, 42? There is a famous prayer. We all say it in the Siddur. Most of us skipping it because we don't know why it's even there. It's called Anna Bekoach. It's in the Siddur, right after Korbanot. But those of you in a rush, you should say, I can skip that. I can go to Odu. Forget about that. But it's a very important fila. Written by Rabbi Nechunia Benakana. Tana was a great Kabbalist, one of the greatest of all time. A person who can teleport his body from one place to another. And he said within this pray, there is basically about a thousand pages just on this page. So I don't know all the secret. But within this prayer, you can actually teleport your body from one place to another. I don't know how to do it, so don't ask me. But he write it, he write it in his book and he talk about it. So this prayer basically has everything. Now the Masaot, the Masaot leaving Egypt until we get in the front of Eretz Israel, the front of Israel, it's taken exactly 42 Masaot. So it's corresponding as written by Rabbi, I don't know if you heard his name before, Rabbi Shimshon Maastrapoli. Rabbi Shimshon Maastrapoli was one of the greatest rabbis of all time, too. Great books. And he writes about that you, in this Shabbat, when you go to synagogue, take this page with you, and every masal look, look at what it corresponds to another koach. He's supposed to do it also in Passover as well. Anyway, that was the introduction. It took me long. Um, in Yang Klali, the general idea. So if we would, uh, we would like to understand, as above, so below, Meaning there is something happening in heaven and that's why it has to happen here. So whatever choice you make, if you have traffic on 72nd Street, there is something going on in the same thing in the upper world. I know it's very hard to believe, but the same Manhattan that we have here, we have in the upper world, another Manhattan. The same you and me, yeah, you and me. Yeah? There is a parallel universe above us also happening at the same time. Just less chaos, less problem, because we, whatever we do here, 
affecting the upper world, that world, and whatever happened in the upper world affecting us. So we are working together. So more, you're being nice, you're being kind, you be forgiveness, you're giving energy to above. How do we know that? From the pasuk called Nu Oz Le'elokim. Give strength to God. God did our power. No. But Nu Oz Le'elokim, meaning every time you act in a certain way, it's elevated energy. There is a story that I heard about 35 years ago from a wonderful rabbi from Lebar. And the story goes like this. In Russia, I don't know if there's people from Russia, but in Russia, that's what the rabbi said. They have, they like honey. And they like their honey. I don't know if you ever meet, it used to be a place called the Russian Tea House. I don't know if you heard about it. It doesn't exist anymore, but many years ago, it used to be a place. You know, you go downstairs, you go upstairs, they serve you tea and honey. Basically, the Russian like their honey. But the problem that they have the Russian bear also like the honey. And uh, there is an argument who's going to get the honey first. The bear get it better. So what they did, they moved the, the, the beehive on top of the tree. And they thought they're going to solve it. <laughs> the bear climb and get the honey. So they came up with a genius idea. They took a piece of wood, attached it to a wire, an iron wire, really strong. Attached it to a nail and put it to the upper tree. Every time the bear come to get the honey, you want to move that thing. And that thing is the wood is coming back and hitting him. So what is, what is the bear? What are you going to do? You're going to hit it a little stronger. Wait for me. And then what happened? Hit him harder. Then the third time he's really hitting it hard. And then he fall from the tree. And that bear never come and get the honey. Those of you who love animals don't like the story because you love the bear. Huh? The poor bear. Those of you are like human, happy for the human so they can have honey with the tea. So you have to decide which group you belong to. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so the story is not about the bear and it's not about the honey. The story is about us. It's called Da Male Mala A lot of time we're fighting, we think. We're fighting and we're fighting and we're fighting. All what the bear needs to do is climb a little bit upstairs and take the nails out and then he will enjoy a good meal of honey. That's all what the bear needs to do. A lot of time we get stuck. We get stuck with things. We're fighting with things. This person bothered me, this person bothered my brother, my sister, my wife, my husband. There is things above that are way more important than what you're dealing with. And unfortunately, because we're dealing with those things, we're forgetting that there is things above. I'm going to read now from uh, one of my favorite, I don't, I don't like to say favorite book because that's an insult for other books, but it's an important book for me. So I cannot tell you it's the most important book. It's called Arve Nachal, Ifshitz, Rabbi Ifshitz. And uh, this book is uh, explaining the whole concept of uh, cause and effect or whatever above is below. And he writes like this. There is a most famous question that everybody asks in this week, parasha. Everybody asks the same exact question. Ele Masaeb Israel, those are the traveling of the Israelite, that they left Egypt, with all the army, with all the domain, with everything, with the hand of Moses and Aaron. Every time, by the way, every time you see the letter Aleph on the name of a person, and next to him a letter of a mem, you know that's redemption. Those people bring redemption. Aaron, Moshe, Aleph, Mem. Mordechai, Esther, Aleph, Mem. Uh, King David, Mashiach ben David, Aleph Mem. Always Aleph Mem, Aleph and Mem together. That's why it's say M, M mean mother. Those are the people who bring the redemption eventually. 
just giving you just a couple of codes, so you know how to know when Mashir is coming. You see two people, Aleph and Mem in their name, they do things together for the community, you know, for sure uh, those people are going to bring Mashiach, are going to bring something very powerful. Anyway, and then Moses wrote where they exit and where they travel. By the words of God, and those are the travel how they exit. He changed the words. First he say and then he say all the Kabbalists ask this question, why are you changing the words? It should stay the same words. Why are you changing it? Is the question clear before? Because sometimes when the question is not clear, the answer has no value. Is that clear? I can repeat it. Don't be shy. Is it, is it clear? Good. Omnam letaretz, to give an answer for that. Ine davar yaduun for some Torah medaberet lemata veromezet lemana. Every time you read the Torah, you should never take the story as that's the Torah. It says lemata romez lemala. Be careful. A lot of time, people are, uh, uh, those of you are praise Sephardic style, in the Sidur, there is a section that say, uh, if you don't say it, you get, have the curse on Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai on your head. That's what it say. You should read it in Hebrew. Say, Lagid, it, uh, it's a section in the Zohar, so you're not going to have the curse. What is the curse? The curse of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is go like this. If people read the Torah as it is, and they don't look in for the meaning of it, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai cursing them. He said, you are making a shame of the Torah. The Torah should not be just as it is. There is a meaning to it. And it says like this, a Torah medaberet lemata, it's talk about different things, about Bilam, about the donkey of Bilam. How is that going to add something? It's a code. Do you care that Bilam hit his donkey three times? What will be five? What about two and a half? He hit it two times with a stick and one time with a leg. Do you, do you care about it? Do you care that they don't say shalosh pe'amim? It is a shalosh pe'amim. It says shalosh regalim. So it's all code. Our entire Torah is a code. So you have to look for meaning. What do you think? All those books were written for no reason. They knew that the Torah is just a code. We are there to break the code. And it's like this. Even the traveling, we're going to read this week, parasha. Every physical thing in the Torah has a roots in the upper world. And everything meaning it's coming from above and it's like a flow chart all the way here. The desert, which is the place of negativity, snakes, scorpion, which is the physical thing, of course, it's a spiritual thing. And usually the dark side coming before the good side. Every time you go into a rough time in your life, I hope you never have to, but before you, you get something good, you'll have to go to something bad. Remember that. But if you're not happy about the bad thing you're going through, the good is not coming. Get excited when you go into a rough time, good time is coming. Get sad about the bad time, good time will wait. It's always the same. Somebody broke your heart, you went on a date, things are not working well, don't be sad about it because good thing is about to knock on your door. Be upset, it's not going to work. So it's like this. Stalingrad, there is 42 traveling, 
to correspond for the Anabekoch, for that prey. The Anabekoch has 42 letters. The same thing is the Masot. Still, I'm not benefit from it. So he continued. God want to take the Israelite from Egypt immediately to Israel. What is Israel? What is it? What is Israel? Everybody. There is people who love Israel because they're Zionist. There is people who love Israel because it's a memory of something. There is people who love Israel because there is shawarma. The shawarma is good in Israel. So they go for Israel. I see people on Elal. Oh, can't wait to land to get my chatzilim, uh, to get my eggplant. That's not Israel. That's not, it's not Israel. You have uh, uh, many restaurants here with great shawarma. You have, you have, you, if you want, you can go to Queens. There is an old restaurant called Pisgah. Most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Great, great food. Better than Israel. So it's not about the food. It's not about the physicality. Israel has an energy that we have to tap into. Before it was called Israel, it was called Canaan. Canaan comes from the word Le'achnia, to surrender. This land is an energy. If you don't surrender your ego, you cannot enjoy Israel. Israel is only for one reason. You go there to surrender your ego. In some section, Rambam writes that there is no reason to do mitzvot outside of Israel. You have to go to Israel to do the mitzvot. A lot of argument on that. Tfilin, for example, everybody agreed. Tfilin is a mitzvah shel Eretz Israel. So why put Tfilin as men every morning? Why? Why am I bothered myself? Rab the Tfilin. So they say, to get used to the idea that when you go to Eretz Israel, you'll be ready. So it shows you that Eretz Israel is something that we, we're missing. So Hashem want to bring them immediately to the land. But they have to go through the negativity, to the dark side. That's take time. Okay. The revelation from Arve Nachal, which is one of the greatest revelation and the most important revelation, is that Hashem machlif et azmanim. Hashem can shorten the process of your life. Meaning, if you meant to stay in Egypt for 400 years, that's what Hashem said to Avram. You're supposed to stay in Egypt for 400 years. How come? If you count the years, 210. It's a little bit something. But in the Torah, it says that they were there 430. When you start counting, I thought you're counting, you can't count it when Yosef was there. Yeah, the good time. He was second to Pharaoh. And you can't count it uh, when. So the Midrash says it starts from Yitzchak, from the time of Yitzchak. From the time of Yitzchak, Yitzchak never visited Egypt. What's going on with the counting here? So why, why is Hashem counting the time different for the Israelites? Hashem told the Israelite, listen, you're ready. I am the one who makes sure that you will go through pain and suffering in Egypt. Why? I mean, I couldn't go to details. Maybe one day we'll study that. It's reincarnation reason. Who are the people? The people is the same people from Migdal Bavel. It's, it's, it's a long story. But that was what they have to pay. And Hashem wanted to go to that pain and suffering so they would be ready to go to Eretz Israel. I'm not talking about Eretz Israel that we know. The shawarma and the hummus and the watermelon. And oh my God, I love the Western world. People tell me, I love it. 
I love it. Sometimes, you know, in the last 30 years, I took, I don't know, thousands of tourists to Israel. And every time I go to the Western Wall, you know, I'm telling the same words, I'm taking there, there. And uh, sometimes when Debbie's sitting next to me in the bus, I say, can I just take the microphone and say what I want to say as Israeli? He says, stop it. Stop. Control yourself. Go in the back and just relax. Meditate. So I really want to tell them something. I want to tell them that that wall represents that we're missing the point. We missed it. That's what that wall represents. That wall is reminding us that we didn't get it right. That wall is to remind us what the Talmud say. They destroy it themselves. 2,000 years. Are we not getting the message? Something wrong with us? We are missing one mitzvah, and that one mitzvah, we cannot make it happen. One mitzvah. We're missing it. We kind of, ah, don't worry about the mitzvah. I know how to do a mozi. I know how to wash my hand. I know how to do a frashat challah. I know how to light candle for Shabbat. I know how to go up for the Torah. I know all the mitzvah. Hey, listen, there is one mitzvah. I don't know if you want to hear about it. Yeah, tell me. Tell me why this temple was destroyed. Well, if you go into the Gemara, into the Talmud, they said the temple was destroyed because Sinat Chinam. Hatred for no reason. That's it. You want to talk about it? Ah, no, 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 no. Give me the shawarma now. I don't want to talk about it. One, one reason. One, that's it. One thing. We're not capable to do this one mitzvah. One. It's not a lot. Not one mitzvah. In fact, when you go to Hillel, I mean, if we respect Hillel, I don't know, I think he's an important person. Hillel said, when the, when the ger, the person who convert, come to him and said to him, tell me the Torah while I'm standing on one leg. What he meant on one standing on one leg? Meaning, is there is something in all your Torah that can stand on things and will never fall? You have one thing that can stand like that? So yeah, we do. We do. He didn't tell them, love the neighbor. They said, you know what he told them? Whatever you don't like people to do to you, don't do to others. Make a list. It's so simple. Tonight, go home, make a list of all the things you don't like people to do to you. Just focus on that. And don't do the same thing to others. That's it. It's not a lot. So what is that you don't like people do to you? I don't like people touching the spoon before I'm eating the soup. Great. Don't do it to others. I don't like when people talk to me too loud. Oh, great. Don't do it to others. That's it. That's the old mitzvah of love the neighbor as thyself. That's what the is teaching us. Rabbi Akiva say the same thing. Love the neighbor as thyself. Klal gadol batorah. Parashat Vaikra, in the Torah, mitzvah de oraita. This is not mitzvah that came from Rabbi. This mitzvah came from God. Love the neighbor as thyself. In fact, they tell you, even more than that, if you see the donkey of your enemy, the donkey of your enemy, rovetz tachat basao, meaning the donkey is kind of collapsed, your enemy. Azor ta azorimo, you have to go and help him. How far is the Torah telling us one mitzvah, give, give us one. We will take care of everything. In fact, this is the one thing we don't like. We don't like that mitzvah. It's a tough one because it's ben adam it's between people. So what we do, thank God we have now phones, we have Facebook, we have TV, what, we have Netflix, we have the, 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 the one that you can buy, Amazon, uh, you have other channels, thousand options. Like when I grew up in Israel, it was one channel. That's it. One channel. And when you fight over the TV, I was the remote control. My father sent me there to press one and to press two. It's not like today, you know, you can do. Those days, I don't know. You go and the antenna was on top. I don't know if you remember those days. You move it, touch, right. Okay, right. That was life. 
Most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, but life was different. Different. Today, Habibi, you have 1,800 channels, I think. You have no idea what's going on. No idea where I'm going. Okay? And the problem is, it's all to keep us busy, not to be busy with human beings. We must, your neighbors, your friend, your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, we must work on that. Ravash like, you know, in 1922, he wrote a book that is on Sapphire now, you can read it, but it's only in Hebrew, I'm sorry. It's called Matan Torah. And he writes something incredible there, and he writes, you know, one of the things that we like to do is we like to criticize people. There is, I don't want to say it's a Jewish thing, but it's, it's let's call it Israeli thing. Let's not call it Jewish. It will be easier for everybody to digest. It's, it's Israeli thing. We are Israeli. I'm Israeli. We like to tell people what they miss. If you ever want to know what's wrong with you, what you did wrong, take a taxi ride to Jerusalem. Don't worry. The taxi driver will tell you what's wrong with you. Just talk to him. Talk, and he will tell you everything what's wrong with you. We are Israeli. We love to tell you what's wrong with you. Avash like right, even to think about what's wrong with the other person, it's a problem. It's not to tell. So what do you do? You're going to go with your eyes all day long down? It's a very difficult thing. And Avash like right, that the purpose we came into this world is one, is to correct ourselves, never to correct others. Never to correct others. And he gave a mashal, he gave a story. And the story goes like this. Uh, people, a person walk and he's standing in front of a mirror and his face is really dirty. So he went out there and he bought a soap and he bought a beautiful fabric. And he started cleaning the mirror, very nice. And he go and look again, his face still dirty. So he decided to clean it again. The face still dirty until the person passed by. So what are you doing? Say, uh, my face is dirty and I'm cleaning the mirror with all the expensive fabric and soap and still my face is dirty. So the mirror has nothing to do with it. You gotta wash your face and then it will be okay. It's the same exact thing. We could enter Israel immediately after Egypt. You know why? God doesn't have time. God doesn't wear watch. For God, and I know it's hard to accept it, God doesn't have past, present, and future like us. The end is here. The beginning is here too. Everything is it's like a seed of an apple. Within the seed of the apple, there's the beginning of the tree, the end of the tree, everything is there. It's, there. it's, it's, it's condensed. So for Hashem, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you, are you capable? And that's what it's saying. Now we know what it means that you change the word where they exit and where they travel. When, when the Torah was written by Hashem, Masaot of traveling, Hashem said, You don't need to travel at all. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to go to pain. Never. This is not part of the deal. But if you go to pain and suffering, you got to ask yourself, What is that you're doing wrong? It's not part of the deal for you to have pain. It's not part of the deal to go to struggling. You have to remember from Hashem's point of view, Hashem want to give you everything. What do you think? Hashem created you, so mm, let him have a little pain. That's not the point. Think about it. Parents created the child. How are we going to make our child suffer? Let's think about it. We can give him wrong apartment, wrong neighbor, uh, never make money, wrong soulmate. Uh, no, it's wrong. 
If you look at the writing, what it say about Hashem, why he created the human? To do good to the one he created. So how come you're experiencing bad? Going back to what I said in the beginning. Look at your vessel. Look at your container. Look at your cup. Your cup is what are you made from? Are you are a person? What type of person are you? Masaem. What type of Masai you am? What type of traveling? Are you a person who for sure know that the Creator want to give you perfection? Or you kind of think, I think God want to punish me today. Yeah. yeah, I feel it. I feel God, God is not into me. I did bad thing yesterday and he want to punish me. It doesn't matter what you're going to do. The Creator only want to do one thing, to love you. There is no hatred or punishment coming from God. So some of you can challenge me and say, well, you can see what happened here. You can see what happened here. Try to imagine, and I, even you're not allowed to imagine God, that there's a source of energy that has to protect itself by surrounding. So try to imagine, I know it's hard, that the internal part is called Yudkevavke, Tachigamitan. But the outside part of that Yudkevavke is Elohim. If you can imagine that. That Elohim, the surrounding the Yudkevavke, Yudkevavke is Rachamim, is the real God. The Elohim has two sides. Elohim can be Elohim Chaim, live God, like Elohim, or Elohim Acherim. That's the part that we get punished by or get disconnected from. It's almost like electricity. I can use it for light, for the camera, for the air condition, or I can put my finger into the socket. What happens when I put my finger into the socket? Not good news. So while the person is shaking with his, all his body, people ask him, what, what's going on? I say, maybe it's what I ate for dinner. You know, it's not. Just get your finger out of the socket and everything will be okay. It's the same exact thing with the Creator. That force loves you. That force wants you to do the best. That force only wants you to do great. But if your cup is dirty, then when you put the perfect champagne into the cup, it will not taste like champagne. It will taste like the dirt that's inside the glass. Now, you want to clean yourself, not for Him. He loves you unconditionally. You don't want to clean it because people will like you more. No for you. The all avodat, Hashem, this all spiritual work has nothing to do with others. Nothing to do with God. God loves you. It doesn't matter what you're going to do. How do we know that? It says that afilu ganavim, the Gemara teach, afilu ganavim yesh emunah. Even a thief have emunah. A thief can have emunah. Somebody who goes still have emunah. Yes, they pray not to be caught. And Hashem grant them that the prayer will be okay. There's a famous story about the Baal Shem Tov. I'm sure you heard it a thousand times. Baal Shem Tov, he has a, one of his students, it's, it's a known story, was Rabbi, no, it's not Rabbi, it's Moshe Leganov, that's how they call him. Moshe Le, the young thief. So he used to steal. But he, he was living in, a, I don't know if you know, Krakow. If you've been there in Poland, I've been there uh, with Debbie for a few hours. And Krakow is, used to be a poor neighborhood. So how much can you steal? One ruble, meaning half a dollar, two dollars, that's as much. For bubble gum, that, that's it. One time there's Moshe Leganov, and every time he steals two dollars, he go to Barchentov. Barchentov bless him that the police will not capture him. It's a true, true story. It's an unbelievable story. True story. Every time he go, he go on a weekend, steal two dollars, he go, Barchentov bless him. One time he gathered 10 thief together, and the Tsar was passing by. He said, Habibi, this is our chance. This is our lottery ticket. We can make thousand and we share it among us. And uh, they, they, they make it and they're of course afraid because they can kill them now. 
And he said, nobody touched the money. I have to go talk to my Rebbe. I have my Rebbe. This rabbi will bless me so nobody will catch us. So now, he stole the thousand dollar. He go to the Rebbe. He arrived, and this is Shavuot. I don't know if you know, the Baal Shem Tov unfortunately died on Zion of uh, Sivan. I said, I'm sorry. Uh, he's not here. He passed away. He said, what do you mean passed away? I mean, I'm, I'm Moshe. I'm, I'm the Ganav. I'm the, I'm the thief. And he's my Rebbe. Do you have uh, another Rebbe? So I don't want to say the other Rebbe name because it's not nice for his name to say it. So I heard it uh, from Rabbi Karlibach, if you know Rabbi Karlibach. So he said, well, uh, we have this Rebbe, but he came to talk to him. He said, get out of here, you thief. What are you, stupid? We're not, we're not taking care of thief. So he left, and where did he go? He go to the graveyard. To the Baal Shem Tov grave, those of you have been there in Mizibush, Ukraine, and he lined them. I start crying. So Baal Shem Tov, you left me, and you left me, and you promised to take care of me every time. I did a big thing. Now it's a thousand thing. I'm even going to give Maser a tithing, and, and all waiting for the money. What am I going to do? He cry, cry, fall asleep. Fall asleep, his soul go to heaven. He said, the Baal Shem Tov. Parachem said, what, what happened? He said, well, you know what happened. I went to yeshiva. You left that rabbi. He's a little tough. He's not accepting people like me. He's accepting, you know, the, 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 the scholar, the chachamim, the, the rich. They're not important. I mean, who's going to look at me? He said, don't worry. I left my grandson. His name is Rabbi Ephraim. Those of you who know the book, Degel Bachane Ephraim. That's the name of the book. He said, go to him. He said, he will not believe me. He said, I will tell you what we studied last night in heaven, in the Torah, in the Zohar. He gave him a section from the Zohar. He said, nobody knows that section. Only people who left their body and go to heaven and study with a group in heaven. It's okay. You like it, you wake up. You go with the thing in Zohar, not to forget. You go to the Gelbach Ephraim. You go and knock on the door. Rabbi Ephraim, very humble man, opened the door. Say Shalom Aleichem. Say, how can I help you? He said to him, my name is uh, uh, Moshe, the famous Ganav, the thief. Okay, what do you want? He said, well, I stole a thousand rubles and I need a blessing. So about to close the door, say, wait a minute. Your grandfather told me what you studied last night in heaven. And he said, come in right away. Come in, making tea, start serving, give cake. He said, this first I'm blessing you, but you really, with your profession, you went to heaven? How can that be? And at that moment, Moshe, that's the beautiful of transformation. That Moshe never stole even a penny again. What is the lesson for all of us from this story? A lot of time we meet people when they're not ripe yet. They're not perfect yet. They're in the middle to become better because they've never been touched by something holy. They've never been touched by real people. They've never been touched by real rabbi. Most rabbi, of course, want people to be perfect. It's easier to teach perfect people than teach ganavim, thief, cheater, the whole thing. But there is a soul there. There's a soul. What is the soul of somebody who committed a crime? It's a diamond that fell into the mud. Diamond fell in the mud. You want to tell me, and I can ask the lady, if you have a ring, which is five carat, it fall into the mud. You don't pick it up. You just leave it there. Or you pick it up, you clean it, you wash it a little bit, then you wear it again. Same thing. That's a soul of people. Sometimes people fall, right? Fall. You fall. We all fall. We fall. And when we fall down, sometimes we need a person to pick us up. Sometimes we can, don't have the power to pick ourselves up. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And that's what it, Arvenachal is teaching us here. Masayem, Where you come from, where you're going. Sometimes your journey will be tough. 
because last lifetime you didn't do well. Sometimes your journey will be tough because you couldn't do it well in this lifetime. Sometimes the journey will, will have to be quick and your job is to have gratitude. Some people come here to have gratitude. Some people come here to have appreciation. Some people uh, come here to have more desire to do better. Every person comes to create something, but really there is no difference between us. If I'm standing here, it doesn't make me better. I just heard this section before you, and that's what I'm sharing with you. So I'm sure each one of you have been in this position here in two lifetimes ago, and I was sitting as a student, and one of you maybe didn't make it, so then now it's my chance. So I'm teaching you. Hopefully I, I do a good job, and then I don't have to come back and sit again here, and then one of you have to teach it. That's how life goes. Life is nothing better the teacher or the student. We, we all in, we're running the same thing. You know, we're all human. Doesn't the, the yamaka, the beer, doesn't change the person. What change? Are you capable to love a human being that you couldn't love last last year? You couldn't love them last month. And this is Masayim about Sayim. Now, I'm talking a lot again. Somebody has to give me a thing. Anyway, I, I will go to another subject and then maybe I close it because I want you to teach you how to meditate on that, as I promised people to teach them that meditation. So we know that uh, when we talk about the land. Every time that you arrive to a different country, one of my suggest to you, there is something called alaat nitzotzot. When, when we land, my kids can witness that, my wife. When I'm going to a different country, usually the first thing I do is I eat something. I do a blessing on something, whatever, mezonot, charcoal, something. Why? Because the land itself, when your feet touch the land, there is a light to be revealed. And the easiest way to reveal that light for your soul is by eating. How do you do it? By saying a blessing. Baruch Atash, Akonia Bidvaro, or Borek Priya Geffen, if you can handle it, or Mezonot, or Borek Priya, it's different blessing, whatever blessing it is, you know? So when you do that blessing, you elevate it. But again, the same question I asked before, what is it in Israel? Israel, according to Rabbi Avraham Azulai in the book called Chesed Lavram, is a land that above that, exactly above Israel, above Jerusalem, there is the Garden of Eden. Exactly above that is the spiritual Garden of Eden. When you enter Israel, you enter into a responsibility. A lot of us, when we land in Israel, are landing in Israel, right away, everybody running and getting into something. But truly, you're running into a lot of responsibility. Every thought, every word, and every action count, good and bad. But it's not a punishment. It's, it's just putting your finger into the socket, mamashkara, really like that. So you have to know how to behave in Israel. Unfortunately, it's difficult. You want to rent a car? Does some of you ever try to rent a car in Israel? Difficult, difficult concept. I'm afraid of that. I get angry. You know, I'm trying to rent a car. Yes, I rent a car online. I arrive. You know, it's it's a four door. I get and I find Diazzo. I don't know if you know what this car. It's a two door, and I have to sit like that. And what happened to what you promised me? That's what we have. So yeah, you don't like it. Go home. So, but my luggage and this Baruch Hashem, Israel give you opportunity. You want to park your car? They're going to take your parking spot. Whatever you're going to do, they're going to give you a car that I have to exchange in Kiryat Shmon. It's a northern part of Israel, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. You know, everything is an opportunity to love more. We see that there is two and a half tribe that refuse to live in Israel. Some of you know who are they? Two and a half tribe in this week. Parashah said to Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, we like it. We like Tel Aviv. We like, I don't know, Tveria. We like the Sabih, the Shawarma, but we're going to stay on the northern part of Jordan, like where Syria is. And the two, the two and a half tribe are Reuven, Gad, and Chatzi Shevet Amnashe. The question that the Rabbi Isaac Luria is asking, why? 
why those tribes? So let's go real fast. Reuven, how it happened? In the intercourse between a husband and wife, it's defined what type of child you're going to have. Basically, we are the product of the thought of our parents in the time of conception. That's who we are, by the way. You can't change it until you do something called mikveh with the right meditation. I'm not going to go into all of it, but just to let you know, you can't change it. This is who you are. Whatever they thought, that's what you are. They rewrite a lot about it. Reuven, who did Yaakov thought he's sleeping with? When he made Reuven. Rachel, who did he sleep with? Exactly. Leah. So now the conscience of Yaakov, different woman, another woman. So what was the name of the son? Reuven. What is Reuven? Reuben. Look, it's a boy. It's not even a name. Reuben. Ben. Ben. I didn't, I didn't order it. I ordered pizza. I got falafel, you know, Ruben, you know. So the king can order exactly what child they want, exactly the soul. They have like a menu. They know what they, Yaakov knew he wants Yosef. He knew that soul is supposed to come down. Good. The second, God. Who is God? Was from, those of you remember, from a concubine called Zilpah. Who Zilpah was belonged to? Leah. Leah is Zilpah. Rachel is Bilah. Two different concubines. Let's look at Zilpah. The first child of Zil Zilpah is God. But they call him, they don't call him God, they call him Bagad. Bagad in Hebrew, those of you who know Hebrew, means cheating. Where's the cheating? Aha. If you look at the verse before, Leah realized she cannot have children anymore. So instead of telling Yaakov, maybe you go be with my sister, she say, aha, no, I'm going to give him Zilpah. That's as the Khatam Sofer, right? It's a little cheating. She could have been nice to tell her, go to Rachel. That's what the conscience of, of uh, God is a little bit of something not absolutely pure. What about Menashe? Why half of Menashe? Take the old Menashe in there. Why half? Who is Menashe? Who is the father of Menashe? Who no? Father of Menashe. Yosef. Who is the mother? The mother of, of Menashe. Who remember that? Osnat. Very good. Who was Osnat's mother? Dina. Dina, exactly. Bat Potifera, exactly. Very good. But Dina was the sister of Yosef, in a way, from a different mother. That was Dina. How did Dina get pregnant? If you remember the story, it was terrible condition. She was raped by Shechem ben Hamor. She was raped. It was a rape in a place called Nablus, where today it's called Shechem, the place where the most terrorists and the problem. Everything happened in that town, by the way. Everything that can go wrong happened there. In this little spot, Shechem, Kol Shechem, all the problems come from there. So she gave now us that. So the consciousness was half and half. Dina was the daughter of Jacob. The rape was that. So half of it. Why half? Yosef was pure, is the, is the son of Yaakov. And that part was not totally pure. So it's only half of Benashe. This is not my knowledge and information. This has come from Rabbi Isaac Luria. 500 years ago. He's teaching us the consciousness of a human being is so important. What you're thinking, you think just what you're saying, not enough. What you do, not, what you're thinking when you do what you do. When you give charity, what are you thinking about? When you're being nice to someone, what are you thinking about? You think that they will be nice back to you? You, you lost. You want to be nice, then be nice. You want to give them, be giving. Don't think about what am I going to get and who's going to like me and when they're going to like me. And they recognize me. How come I didn't get a thank you letter? You look at, eh, didn't get a thank you letter. What's going on? No thank you letter for what I did. Nobody appreciate me. Thank God they don't appreciate me because finally I can do it right. 
But when you look for appreciation and gratitude from another human being, we lost it. That's not the way to go. That's the idea of the two and a half. There's so much more, but I'm going to go to meditation. Just one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Okay, one more thing. So there is a, uh, a question that's been asked about the two and a half tribe. When they have some argument with Moses and they say, listen, we're going to come and help you. But first we have to put fence for our goat and cow and sheep, meaning we're going to take care of our business. And then we're going to build Bet Midrash like this where we study Torah. And then we're going to build synagogue. And then we're going to do it all. Let's first make money. Then we take care of you. Moses say, no, doesn't work. It's not the way to go. And they say, how are we going to pay? He say, I'm Israel. The Israelite, the Jewish people, are very special. On Mount Sinai, when God come to give you the Torah, you say something very unique. You say, Naase Venishma. You didn't say Nishma Venase. We will listen and then, mm, yeah, it's a good idea. We are in. No, 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 no. You say, we're going to do it no matter what. And then we're going to listen to this instruction later. So who are you? The Talmud would say, Atemaminim Benemaminim. You are a believer, the children of a believer. The children of a believer, meaning Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. You're a believer. That's your power. Why are you wasting that power, Moshe Rabbeinu Tata? Start something, and God will complete it. You don't have to worry. Every time you want to do something, start it as if it's going to be okay. As much as you're going to believe it's going to be okay, that's as much as it's going to happen. I will tell you a short story. So I think most of you don't know me. So many years ago, I think 92, I was arrested in Argentina in Buenos Aires as the main terrorist. I don't know if you know that. My beard was a little bit longer, maybe that's why. And uh, uh, since then, I was afraid to grow a beard. I said, I never want to have a beard. It was a bad experience. So I was arrested as the number one terrorist to explode the Jewish embassy. And uh, basically, they put me in with three other rabbis and because they live in the same apartment with me. And um, it was Purim. It was the day of Purim. And of course, I don't speak Spanish. I went there just to establish uh, the concept of Kabbalah and the concept of the Zohar and the concept of meditation, Kabbalistic meditation. I was very young. I go with some older rabbi, uh, Rabbi Mizrahi. You don't know him. He's from Brooklyn. I don't know where he is he now. And another rabbi from Eretz Israel and another rabbi from either Venezuela or Panama at that time. So we were there. One of us speaks Spanish, the one from Venezuela. That's it. I have no, no habla espanol, no idea what's going on. But I'm opening the door. There is a gun into my face. I don't know if this guy in a good group or a bad group. You know, they say policia. I put some words together. Police, policia. I thought it's a custom for Purim. I didn't, I didn't understand what's going on. So I have the Megillah. We're going to Minyan. So I, th I thought it's a joke. <laughs> I said, no habla, no habla, but uh, Megillah, Purim. They put me down to the floor, of course. And, uh, and I'm asking my friend, I said, well, what's, uh, what's, what's happening? He said, well, uh, they take us to prison. We are the terrorists that explode the, the embassy. Tell them we didn't. I said, I did. So I tell them again. I said, no, Eliyahu, that's the way it is. And they, they say, you are the main guy. We are the helper. You are the main guy. Put the bomb. The... And we are now. We go into prison. Go into prison. And of course, they check you in, whatever, like hotel, different a little bit. And on the way in, there is people hanging from, they torture some people from the hand. 
Of course, it's not so nice. The guy from Israel who came all the way there, of course, look at me and say, what have you done to me? And I said, do you understand? This is it, we're dying. And I said, you know what? We're going to change it. Let's repeat after me. Whatever happening to us right now is the best thing that can ever happen to us. Just say it again and again. Say, you're nuts, you're crazy. Something is wrong with you. You're off. We knew you're off. So please, please repeat after whatever happened to you. And they said, okay, we're going to repeat it. So I'm walking in and I have no miracle in my pocket and no hope and no nothing. Only some excitement that God will do something. So I'm going to the guy who welcomed us to the prison when we give him the stuff. And I shake his hand. So what do you want to say? Shake my hand. Say, Shalom Aleichem. I said, maybe that's going to work. You look at me, say, Aleichem Shalom. So oh, something is stop working. See, I said, I look at Rabbi Israel, like, huh? Say, please don't even look at me. I said, Shalom Aleichem. No, no. So they put us in the cell. They lock us in. They allowed me to keep the Megillah. I was very happy about my Megillah. You know, I'm putting Megillah now. And we are reading the Megillah in the cell. And of course, those three other guys look at me. Iva, boy, who did we fall with? And we're in the Megillah. And I said, now we're dancing. I said, we're not dancing. I said, we have to dance. It's Purim. Play it as if we're not in the cell. And we are dancing and dancing. After four hours, the Mossad arrived. And the Mossad want to see if we're really Israeli. Or they thought we are Pakistanian. And we all had long beer. We look, you know. So the Mossad started to investigate my friend. <laughs> From Israel, the moment they start bothering him, he, he came up with some tough words in Hebrew, doesn't matter what he say, but right away they said, don't worry about them, get them out. Get them out, they're Israeli for sure, they're, they're out. After that day, we didn't know how to enter praise and meditation into Argentina and Uruguay. We thought we are smart and I have some plan, but nothing worked, by the way. All the money was gone, I had no money left. I thought I know what I was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing from a money point of view, from business. Hashem has a plan. So now we are finished with that, and they look at me and say, what a miracle, Mossad came, blah, blah, blah. Says, so we are about to get out of the apartment. The problem is on the newspaper and the magazine and TV, our picture is there, the most wanted, and it didn't change for the next day. That's a problem, they, get, they gotta remove it. And there, I guess it's every two days, the La Nacion, they didn't remove the picture. And uh, I'm coming out, and there is a lot of cameras outside, Almost like when the Beatles kind of jump and, and everybody's like paparazzi. And I don't know Spanish. And of course, next to me, the guy from Venezuela said, what's going on? He said, well, they come to ask about what happened. He said, this is from Venezuela, Panama, Uruguay, Canada, United States. So I said, okay, we play it like this. So what do you want to do? So whatever they ask, whatever they're going to ask about the bombing, you answer one way. You will say, the portion of the week is, and you're going to give an old lecture of Torah to the camera. You just repeat it again and again. And he said, Eliyahu, oh, you're crazy. I said, I'm begging you, do it. Trust me. You want to go crazy? Let's go all the way. And that's what we did. For two months, we were the most famous people <laughs> on TV, on magazine. Everybody knew, you want to ask about Rabbi Isaac Luria, you want to ask about Zohar, you want to ask meditation. We are there. And that's how miracle happened. Now, I'm going to take you to a short meditation. You have that, or you can put it on your phone because we have something to scan. This, this, this I don't need to explain. This is just what I gave you. 42 Masaot. Uh, it's corresponding to Anabe Koach. Keep it for you for this Shabbat. Because this Shabbat, the second parasha we read is Masa'e. It's good to corresponding to that. The second part, the Arizal say you were supposed to do it every morning. I think I put numbers. Yeah, there is numbers. So it's go by order. 
that how you let the name of Hashem going into your body, into your spirit. The spirit of a person, one day we will open all meditation course for you, Jewish meditation, so you know the nefesh work, neshama, how exactly it works. So basically in your bloodstream, it's a bridge between the soul and the body. This is actually the bridge between the two. Your ruach, your spirit, your breathing, his breathing is actually a connection to your ruach, part of the soul. Your thinking, when you think, is not just thinking, it's part of your neshama. So we have three parts in a human body. That's when somebody dies, we light the candle, because candle is standing for neshama, ruach, ner, ner, that's what it stands for. So what you want to do, I'm not going to sit because the people at home want to see me. So I'm going to stand, but you sit, I will tell you how to sit. If you can sit that your two feet touch the ground, don't cross arm and leg. The reason we don't cross because every arm has an energy. This is chesed, this is gua, the leg is netzach and odd. So when we're crossing it, the energy is not happening the same. You want to sit with, with your two hands on your knee, okay? And you basically first have to see if you, if you can do it. I mean, I know it's kind of short to explain to you. You have to be able, when your eyes close, to see like a, a string, a silver string. Chuchel chesed, it's called. It's a silver string just above where the yamaka is of a man or for a woman exactly in that area, in the skull. A line of silver from the Kadosh Baru, from the Creator, all the way touching them. Try to do it with your eyes closed, and then I'm going to help you to use that page as well. So focus on your breathing, because Neshima, breathing is like Neshama, like soul. Focus on your breathing until you feel that your breathing starts to get relaxed. I'm going to look at you to make sure that you're getting relaxed. Try to not cross arm and leg, and focus just on your breathing. Slowly, slowly, when you breathe, making sure that you hold it a little bit, you control the breathing, not the breathing controlling you. So breathe, hold it, and then release. Breathing, hold it a bit, and then release. That's what you want to do. Le'at, le'at. Focus in the next three breathing. Inhale, hold it for about two to three seconds. Then release, exhale, and then hold it again. Don't breathe right away. Do it like three times now and feel how the shoulders drops and your body getting way more relaxed. What I want you to be able to see is the name of God, Yud Kevavke, the Tachigamatan. Those of you who know what Kamatsi is, it's a vowel that is below the letter. It's just above your skull. See that that name is above your skull. Then on the right side of the brain, you want to see the same name of God, Yud Kevavke, Tachigamatan, with Patach. Those of you who know the sound, Play the sound in your head. It's be, I can do it for you so it will be easier. Above your head is going to be, I will use instead of hey, kuf. So it will be yaka vakaha. On the right side of your brain, yaka vaka. On the left side of your brain, which is tsere, yeke veke. 
Now we're going to the eyes. The eyes ein is built exactly from the five time 26, which is five time tachigamatan. So it's five yutkevavke. That's what the right eyes, the same thing with the left eyes. Make sure that you allowed God to the silver line to go into your body, into your bloodstream. Accept the power of the Creator. Then you go to your ears. Your ears is built from a different type of Yud Kevavke. It's going to be Yud Vav Dalet, a Yud Vav Alev Vav, a Hey on the right ear. Then on the left ear, Yud Vav Dalet, a Yud Vav Alev Vav, a Hey. Then you go to your nose, the right side, Yud Vav Dalet, a Yud Vav Alev Vav, a Yud. And the left side of the nose, Yud Vav Dalet, a Yud Vav Alev Vav, a Yud. From there to your mouth, Yud Vav Dalet, a Yud, Vav Vav, a Yud, plus another name, a plus all the evil letters that exist. Bless your gum, your throat, your teeth, your tongue, everything. From that, the energy of the Creator is going to your <coughs> right arm, Yekeveke, for Segol, left arm, Yekeveke, Bishva. Then your body, the upper part of the body first, the heart and the lungs only, yoko voko, <coughs> which is cholam, and then the lower part of the body, which is all the organs of digestive, water, kidney, yoko voko as well. Your right leg will be netzach, which is yiki viki, cherik, <coughs> and your left leg in hod will be yuku vuku. In Shuruk. The reproductive organ include the spine as well. That's one piece. It will be Yud Vav A Vav 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 A Vav. And then the skin and the rest of the body, Yud Kevavke Pashut. And now inhale and exhale. And promise yourself to teach it at least to one person that you love, how to get the Creator connect to you. As Rabbi Isaac Loya called that section, Kisea Kavod, this is how you need to start every morning. Okay, guys, I mean, take it with you. Just remember, you cannot throw it to the garbage. If you're afraid to throw it, you can leave it here and we can give it to you digital. Mm -hmm.